Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Be Still, I Am God, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. I have a word from the Lord today that I will share with you from Psalm chapter 46. I'm going to read verse 9, 10, and 11. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. What a great passage of scripture, especially for what we are going through today. We are facing an unprecedented hour of viruses and pandemics. Authorities are now saying that there are untold millions who feel as if life is overwhelming, overpowering, and notwithstanding, overtaking them right now. And if you fall into that category this morning, I want you to listen to what David is saying to us in Psalm chapter 46. Verse number 10, be still and know that I am God. That's the message today. Be still and know that I am God. So I have chosen as a title for this exhortation, be still, I am God. And I trust that this message will bring you an assurance, a blessing, a hope that the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. He is with you in your valley and he is with you on your mountaintop. The Lord is with you. If you're having a good day, he's here. If you're having a bad day, he's with you. He is with us right this very moment and he is there in your life and I want you to know today that you can trust him. So let's listen carefully once again to Psalm 46 and verse 10. The Lord is saying to us, be still, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. I'll be exalted above the heathen. I'll be exalted in this earth. You see what the Lord wants is he wants you to know that he is bigger, better, faster, more powerful than the forces, the foes, and the fears that the enemy might bring upon you this day. Listen to what he said again, be still, I'm God. Be still and know that I am God and know that I am exalted. Jesus Christ is exalted today and he is exalted above everything that you are facing today. Listen to Acts chapter 17, one of my favorite passages. You know I quote this often. It goes like this in verse 27 and 28, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. I love the last part of verse 27. 
He's not far from every one of us. You are not exempt. You are not on the sideline. You are not on the back pages of his thought process somewhere. No, he knows exactly where you are. And he said he is not far from every one of us. Verse 28, for in him, praise God, in him I live and move and have my being. What a great passage of scripture. You see, back to Psalm, Psalm 46, the Lord is giving us a divine directive. If you please, he is giving us a word that will guide us. And if you go into the 11 verses of Psalm 46, you'll find in verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now let's go down halfway through the chapter, if you please, to verse seven. The Lord of hosts is with us. Once again, we hear the same words. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. And then we go to the final verse of that chapter, verse 11. Once again, David writes, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Now, theologians are mixed on their opinions concerning this particular psalm. Some say that chapter 46 represents one day in the life of David, while there are others who believe that Psalm 46 is the entirety of David's life. In other words, he started out as a young man, the Lord is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, and we understand that he took the lion and the bear and killed them and took the giant Goliath down. And then halfway through his life, he had some turmoils and good days, but he said, God's still with us. And he had times where he was not right with God, but at the end of it all in verse 11, the God of Jacob is our refuge and underneath are his arms. And so we see that David three times in this one passage, tells us that the Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. He lived that kind of a life, whether he was on the mountain or in the valley, didn't matter. Whether he was having a good day or a bad day, whether he was spiritual that day or carnal, we find that David was saying, through it all, the Lord is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. And so one thing is for sure, we do understand that the Lord was with David. And so Jesus Christ, is your refuge. Jesus Christ is my refuge in time of trouble. And his directive for us today goes like this, same as for David in David's life. The directive has not changed from Old Testament to New Testament to the 21st century church. The directive is the same. Listen to it carefully. Be still and know that I am God. When is it required? Here's a good question for us to, to consider today. When is it required of us to be still? That question is something that we all must answer this morning. When is it that God wants us to be still? Better yet, what does it mean when God says, be still, I am the God 
that delivers. Well, I think you have to go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28. And I've read this, I've shared this passage a few uh, Sundays ago with you, and I want to revisit it today. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But here it is. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So today we are preaching from this thought, be still, I am God. And he is saying here to us through the writings of Isaiah chapter 40, they that wait upon the Lord. Be still, I'm God. You've got to trust me. I can hear the Lord saying today, when you are weary, worn, and sad, be still and know that I am God. You know, be still is an act of trusting God. If you just take those three words, to be still, to be still is an act of trusting God. Takes a lot of trust just to say, Leaving this in the hands of God. Going to trust God. To be still is an act of trusting God regardless of what your situation is. Be still is an act of trusting God in spite of the circumstances you might be going through. So the question is, what is it required? Why is it required of us? And when is it required of us to be still? Well, here is a great story that answers the question at hand. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. What he was saying there is you have to wait on me. Don't get ahead of God. Don't be behind God. Be right there next to him waiting for the sound. He said to David, be still, trust in me, I am God, I've got this, don't move until I say move, don't, when I do say move, it's time to move, and you'll know because there will be a moving, a rustling, a blowing of the wind in the mulberry trees. I'm going to give you a sign. The Lord was saying to Israel, as you prepare for spiritual warfare, as you prepare to fight against the Philistines, be still, wait on me, know that I've got this. That's what he wants us to do. Wait indicates that we are putting our faith and trust in God and we're waiting on the blowing of the wind in the mulberry trees. We must follow the leading of the Spirit of God today. I'm talking about right now. This is the very moment that you and I must trust Him. We must trust the moving of God's Spirit. We must follow the moving of God's Spirit. I'm not talking about tomorrow or next week.
week. I'm talking about right now on this Sunday morning, at this very moment, we must be led of the Spirit. You have to stay. You have to wait. You have to believe God. You have to slow down just a moment and say, you know what, God, this is beyond me. It's out of my control, but I'm going to stand still. I know that you are God. We have to be still. Why? Not always, it won't always be understood. You know, when, when, when God says, now just slow down and, and just trust me and let me be God and, and, and know that I am God. Sometimes that's not understood by the carnal mind. And when I say carnal mind, I'm not talking about a backslidden mind or an evil mind. I'm talking about a natural mind. Some things we just naturally do not fully understand at that moment. And the Lord is saying, when you're caught up in that natural thinking process, slow down, be still. I'm God. I've got this. And there's a great story that has to do with the disciples. You and I know that the disciples were not always perfect. They were not always spiritual. And in this passage of scripture and this story that I will share with you from Luke chapter 9 indicates how far off the bubble they were and how far off of center they were. It came to pass... When the time was come that Jesus should be received up. So we're nine days away from Golgotha's hill. Nine days away from Calvary. He steadfastly set his face as though he would go to Jerusalem. And he sent his messengers to go before him. And they went and entered into this village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they, the Samaritans, did not receive him. Why? Because his face was set as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, let us just command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did. But Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but has come to save them. And they went to another village. Here's what happened that day. Jesus would always send the disciples ahead. They would go into a town, a village, an area, and they would broadcast that Jesus is coming. People would come into the main street. Jesus would walk through that main street. He would heal. He would bless. He would encourage. He would cast out devils. All kinds of miracles would take place. But on this day, on this day, the disciples were way ahead of him. They're expecting miracles to happen. But he walks into the city of the Samaritans and he doesn't do any miracle. He doesn't heal anybody. He doesn't bless anybody. He doesn't cast out a devil. He doesn't heal any lepers. He doesn't make anyone whole. He doesn't open blinded eyes. He doesn't unstop deaf ears. And when the disciples saw this, they said, Let's just call. These people don't want what you have. Let's just call fire down from heaven and destroy them all. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I have not come to destroy men's lives. I have come to save them. And to save them, I've got to go to Calvary. I am nine days away from Golgotha's hill. I'm nine days away. And his face was set as though he would go to Jerusalem. The disciples refused to wait on him that day. They refused to follow the leading of the Spirit. And the Lord had to rebuke them. I'm just telling you that Jesus understood. Jesus had a plan. Jesus had a way. And his way was, 
I'm not going to heal anybody right now in Samaria. I am going to go to Golgotha's Hill. There is going to be a death and a burial and a resurrection. And I'm coming back to this city. I'm coming back to these people. And I won't just bring a healing for the leper and the blind and the halt. I'm going to bring salvation. There's something more important than just the healing and the blessing that God can give you. And that is a born again experience where you repent of your sins, you are baptized in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you receive his spirit. That's what he really wants. That's why that day he walked past every Samaritan, didn't heal any of them. He was sending a message to his disciples. There's something greater than just the miraculous. There is the salvatic power of God that's going to come back. And when he made a statement in Acts, he said, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, now go back to Samaria and don't just take my healing, but take my salvation to them. I'm just telling you, sometimes we have to be still and let God be God. Sometimes when there's all kinds of perplexities around us, we want to jump the gun. We want to do it our way. We want to get ahead of God. But he is saying today, be still and know that I am God. In other words, I say to you today, don't misinterpret the process. That's so important. Don't misinterpret the process. If you're not careful, you'll misinterpret the process as a sign of weakness. The disciples put a pattern together of how Jesus did things. And when he did not do them that way, they saw it as a sign of weakness. But I'm telling you right now that there is no weakness in him. He is able to heal. He is able to bless. He is able to save. He is able. Don't misinterpret the process. If things are not going the way you think that they should go, don't misinterpret the process. Hallelujah. Be still. Stay in the moment moment. Be still. Stay in the right position. Be still. Stay safe. Stay where God's put you. Stay where you have a spiritual mindset. And by doing so, you are proving your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by doing so, you are releasing him, praise God, to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords over your life. I'm preaching to you, be still and know that he is God. And so Something powerful, something awesome is about to take place right now for you. His face was set as though he would go to Jerusalem, but he's on his way back with more than you anticipated. He's on his way back with a powerful delivering message of salvation. So today, I want you to wait on the Lord. Wait on God regardless of how the process sounds as if it is if it is going the wrong way and you don't like the way it's going. Stay the course. Something good is going to happen. Hallelujah. And may I tell you right now, even though you are waiting on the Lord and even though you're finding yourself in this process that sometimes you don't understand and even though he has all of a sudden required of you to be still it is not his plan for you to do nothing. 
sometimes when we here, listen to me carefully. Sometimes when people are looking at circumstances and they're not going right for them, that's when they just do nothing. This is not the time. When I say wait on the Lord, when the Lord is saying wait on me, he's not saying for you not to do anything. He's saying trust me, stay with me, stay with the word. And when you do, all of a sudden you will mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. I'm just preaching to somebody. You've got to keep walking. You've got to keep believing. You've got to keep trusting God. You've got to believe that he will give power to the faint and to them that have no might, he will increase strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary and walk and not faith. So to be still does not mean that you are paralyzed. However, it does mean that you are positioned. You are positioned for a great move of God in your life. It does not mean that you are not going to be victorious. It does mean that you are positioned for great things to happen and for a great move of God in your marriage. It does mean that you are positioned for a miracle in your family and they will be saved. It does mean that you will be positioned for revival at your church, New Life Christian Center. Somebody be still and know that God is God Almighty. There is a sound. I hear a sound in the mulberry tree. I hear God saying, okay, it's time to move, but we're waiting on him. And when we hear that sound, we will move. What the Lord wants us to understand today is this, to be still does not mean that you are immovable or immobile. Listen to this carefully. To be still does not mean to be immobile. It means to be unmovable. It means that you will not get off track. It means that you will, you will be on the offense and not the defense. It means that you will be single-minded. It means that you will have spiritual mindsets and thoughts. It means that you're anointed right now and you're going to smite the enemy of your soul. And if you have sin in your life today, if you have sin that's affecting you, it's time to repent. Confess that. Get rid of that. Why? Because sin will stop you. But don't forget, God is here to give you victory. Let me close today talking to you about a story in the Old Testament. It's called the story of the prodigal son, but I want to call it the story of the prodigal son and the father. And this is how the story, you know the story, but this is my take on the story today. It might Look as if the father isn't doing anything as his son is in a far country living a riotous lifestyle. It may look like the father's not doing anything. Sometimes we put God in that picture and we say, God, you are our father and it doesn't look like you're doing anything. But the story behind the story is this. The story of the father is a perfect depiction of one who is fulfilling God's will to be still while his son was feeding on the things of the world. 
the father was feeding a fatted calf while the son was spending all he had fulfilling the lust of his flesh. The father was spending what he had to put together a plan of salvation, a plan of rescue, a plan of recovery, a robe, a ring, a kiss. You thought the father wasn't doing anything, not on your life not on your life. He was holding his position as a father. He was keeping the home fires burning. He was staying the course. He was on track. He had a single mind. He had one thing in mind, and that was my son is coming home. I'm just preaching to you. He waited on God, but while he waited, he prepared. While he waited, he prayed. While he waited, he trusted God. While he waited, sometimes we get ahead of God, and when we do, we find ourselves out of the will of God, but not the father, not the father of the prodigal. Nothing could shake his faith. His faith was saying someday my son is coming home. Be still and know that your family, I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but be still and know that your family will be made whole. Be still and know that your marriage will be placed back on a solid rock. Preaching to somebody right now, be still and know your home will be blessed beyond measure. Be still and know your finances are secure. Be still and know that your health will recover. Be still and know that your spirit will soar like an eagle. I wish someone today would just lift your hearts, lift your spirit, lift your soul and declare, this is my day. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be still and know that he is God. I'm going to let God be God. And when you do, something powerful is going to happen. Come on, come on. Mount up with wings as an eagle. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord. It doesn't mean not to do anything. It means to stir up that gift that's inside of you. Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stir up your faith. Trust your God. Believe what God has said in the word. And don't let anything separate you from the love of God. Don't let anything separate you from what God is trying to do right now. And our God is named is Jesus. Our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can ask or think. And so as the prodigal is out there in the world, the father was preparing for him to come home. And sure enough, he came home. He was restored. He was blessed. Just like everything that you've lost and everything that you're going through right now, I say it in the name of Jesus, our miracles coming home. The things you prayed about, the things you've been trusting God for, the things you've been looking to heaven for, those things are coming back. Look down the dusty road, the answer's coming your way. And you know who that answer is? No one, no one but Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, Leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.